Hi, this is Billy Sands. When I want to spice up my barbecue, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions! That's it, packs the bag, starts the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. It's episode 185. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit, and I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case the Mace. How you doing, man? Chris, I couldn't be better. My boy is back on the team. Zach Zenner looking just completely ripped. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zach is back, baby, and it's time. I love Zach Zenner. Uh, we got a big show today. We're going to talk about, uh, well, the turkey the Lions laid. I don't know if turkeys lay eggs or lions lay turkeys, but there was one on the field there last Thursday. Um we're going to admit where we were wrong. This is the case special edition. We're going to have a big talk about everyone's expectations about the Lions, and we're going to look ahead to the Rams. There's a whole lot more than that. we got a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? I love Zach Center. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, time for a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... And of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Of course, Brian B. from I Prevail is one of our donors as well. Check him out at iprevailband.com. They got some great stuff going on. New album coming soon. Um, he'll be on the show. Me and him have been in contact. Some good, some good stuff coming. I promise you from them. You can join the Patreon crew. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. And as little as a dollar a month will get you access to our Slack chat. One of the most intelligent Detroit Lions chats out there. Can't just say it's not a super high bar, but you know, <laughs> we're there. We're it. And of course, you get access to our pre show, 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 show that we do. We record it, put it up there, and uh, our Patreon people get to see it. There's a special spot on the website for them to review and see what is going on. Good stuff for them. There's also some other things, and we announced some of those special. Uh, Patreon things in that pre-show show for them. So make sure you check it out. Join the Patreon crew again. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month in the donations side. will get you access to all that great content. Give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And check us out on Twitter. Twitter. Don't miss us on Twitter. At DET Lions podcast. DET Lions podcast is the very best place to see Case. With no pants on that's the best way to see him all right make sure to check us out on uh, youtube youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast what else would it be youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast check us out join the club get a subscription make sure to hit that bell and get on there we are doing a live show again starting with the rams post game shows through the rest of the year and a lot of fun stuff through the holidays we're even doing quick takes with riz we'll talk about that later 
YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Subscribe today. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us, Spotify even. We're there. We're everywhere you want us to be. Give us those five-star reviews. Let us know what you think. If you have some constructive criticism, make sure to hit the subreddit with that. We love that, and we love to know what you think so we can make the show better, and uh, we appreciate whatever you bring. But those five-star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, they help us out a great deal, so make sure to get those going. Also, if you want to take part in the show, give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and you'll get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down in Reddit. And boy, what everybody wanted an extra turkey for Thanksgiving. So straight up the... Hey there, Chris. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, whatever. Um, Yeah, well, that's where the turkey was. (laughs) Um, There I was. Three rows behind the lion's bench. I'm on TV multiple times because I recorded it to watch to see how my gorgeous face would show. And... and, uh, it was gorgeous. I mean, even the players would turn around saying, man, who is that beautiful man? Anyway, I did all that. I had a family. Six people. Ken F. I got a, I got a big thanks to Ken F. Um, he's over in the west side of Michigan. He was one of the, the last two. Him and uh, Malcolm were the last two guys at the training camp party, the, the, the Iron Men competition of the drinking. Shut down the copper mug with them. Um, I walked out of the parking garage, and the line was 47 miles long. To get in to the stadium. All of a sudden I hear, Chris! I look over, it's Ken. I'm like, Ken, no shit. He's like 15 people back in the line with his son, gorgeous, strapping young man. Uh, hey, what's going on? And of course, me, you know, I'm, you mind if we jump in? <laughs> He's like, yeah, go ahead, dude. So me, my wife, my son, my brother, my niece, and my mom all roll in, cut into oh, line. I hate you so much I, right now. I know. <laughs> I was such a dick. But we did it. It was cold out. I don't even own a coat. I had a, like, a, like a hoodie is all I have. It's freezing, right? I don't even own one because I don't experience that stuff anymore. Um, but anyway, he let us in line. He's so cool, dude. He, he, was, he was cool even before this. He's the guy that got the Sons of Anarchy stuff for me. Really, really awesome guy. Got us in line. Saved my bacon. My, my nuts were, were pulled back so far because it was so cold. Just got us in, got us taken care of, and uh, big, big thanks to him. But got to go to the game, went in. We're down there for practice. Mrs. Ford was there. Bob Quinn, Jim Bob Cooter yelled something at all of them, something respectful and nice. Wished them all a happy Thanksgiving. And um, was primed for, for a game. Was really, really going. I had to drive home, so I stayed sober, right? I was, I was, I was the designated driver. I was going to do everything right. And boy, the biggest torture was not being able to drink through that debacle. Uh, and it wasn't even that bad of a debacle, but you could tell from the beginning that they came out flat. They were going to play flat. It was the least interesting game for the longest time. It's great to be there. And there's positivity just being at Ford Field. You, you just love the atmosphere. And they, but they put on a great show. Rod Wood did a great job and has done a great job with the fan experience. But the product in the field just, just I've never seen a turkey lay an egg. I don't even know if turkeys do lay eggs, frankly, because I'm, I'm, I'm a city boy. But yes, that one did. <laughs> <laughs> Case that one, that one laid an ostrich egg out there. That was ugly as hell. 
Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Um, yeah, like I said last week, though, uh, when when we spoke, it feels like it's been forever ago since we uh, did our last show. But um, <clears throat> it has been a long time. At very least, on Thanksgiving, and obviously, if you're at the game, it's a little different. But you know, I was able to watch the game, watch them lose, but then immediately turn around and have booze and food and family and friends, and uh, it was so. I mean, as far as Maybe we should talk some football. Still a, yeah, it's still a, you know, I hope, I hope most of you out there were able to salvage the day. You have to be able to. You know, that's one thing that in the last year and a half I've gotten better at. I When we started the show, the frustration and anger that I held on to was just was palpable. Even I, I'll go listen back to some of that stuff. And God, I was an angry fan. <laughs> Well, um, I I don't know if I'm beaten down. I mean, the idiots in another place call it lion eyes. I don't think it's that, but at some point that passion pulls away, right? <laughs> and and it doesn't hurt as much anymore. Or you 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 kind of cover it so it doesn't hurt. I don't know. It's it's this year was one of unmet expectations, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But this game in particular, again, it was another shot, another opportunity for this team that was squandered. Um, the offense just didn't do it, just absolutely didn't do it at all. And I think th- that's the thing that's the most frustrating because while this week they've been hurt, this is the this was the group that was supposed to carry this team, and they haven't. And I think maybe the number one topic that I took away from this game, the number one thing of importance, um, and maybe I'll rewind here just a little bit and go back to the last offseason. I wasn't upset that they decided to keep Jim Bob Cooter on for another year because I wasn't sure who he was. I wasn't sure if the... uh, conservative, you know, nature of the way he had done things. If, if that was how much that was influenced by Jim Caldwell and, and how much seen that it from was Caldwell with other people before. Right. I mean, you could, you could very easily extrapolate that maybe Caldwell is, is stepping on the cooter. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I came into this season viewing this as, you know, this is his opportunity to show us who he really is as an offensive coordinator. And I think he has, and we've seen enough. And, you know, <laughs> we had we had Mike Daniels. Excuse me. That was not even close. We had uh, Nagy uh, on the other sideline uh, coaching the Bears. And, and he is their uh, de facto, you know, offensive coordinator. Um, so watching what they were able to get done with Chase Daniels, Daniel Daniels, I think I, I always get that wrong. I think it's Chase Daniel. Um, it doesn't matter. He's <laughs> the only quarterback in the NFL whose name literally tells defenses what to do. After Jim, Bob I tell Caldwell, that joke. Did it doesn't I tell matter. that joke last week? I might have told that joke last week. Yeah, anyway, I'm did. done with that joke now. And, and I'm, Jim I'm Bob Caldwell that means that you don't have to worry about calling him Chase Daniel or Daniels. Just, just, just roll, right. roll with it. All right, all right, all right. Well, okay, we're putting that joke to bed. That's. It, it's done with it's had its moment. Um, but what Nagy was able to accomplish with Chase Daniel or Daniels at quarterback it shows it was unacceptable. <laughs> what and, and it wasn't it wasn't like they had a great offensive game. It wasn't a high scoring game for either team. 
but they were able to do more with a limited quarterback situation. And we'll talk about Stafford later than Jim Bob Cooter is able to do with fucking Matt Stafford. And, and they, that's that's unacceptable. That is that is truly unacceptable that you can't take a quarterback of his caliber and find a way to make some things work. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. One hundred percent. I cannot disagree with you at all. And and the the reality was watching them run the same play multiple times and burning us the same way multiple times is what was the most frustrating because, you know, they're running a limited playbook, very limited playbook. That and things like the way they use t- uh, Tariq Cohen, yeah. that's how we should be using Theo Riddick. That's, I mean, <laughs> that they do it. They are able to be creative regardless of the situation. And and, and it, it sucks to, you know, compliment the bears. Um, we will talk about the bears some more. Um, and, and, you know, I, I said last week that, you know, I, I do truly believe that one of the major reasons that the Bears are where they are this year is that they have overcome, you know, a history of, of injury issues that have kept them from succeeding this year. And and whether or not that's something that they'll be able to do long term is, is a whole other issue. But they're a, they're a good team uh, yeah. right now. Uh, they've got a lot of weapons on offense and they have a very good defense. That still gets slaughtered in the playoffs, though. I think you're right, but just the point is they're able to do creative things on offense, even when the situation isn't ideal. Yeah. And that's, I want to tell you an observation that I had, and I haven't seen this from anybody else in the media at this point. I don't know if they're saving it for off season analysis when the articles are thin or what, but you know, I, I, I was a designated driver because I wanted to, be able to have my wits about me because there's things you can't see when you're watching the game on TV about how the play operates, how things run on the sideline, what's going on, that kind of thing. And I'm, I'm very intently aware of those things while the game is happening. And, and it's a whole aspect of the game. You don't normally get to see what I saw. And this, this only bolsters my argument around uh, Jim Bob and some of the decision-making there. Um, when the offense was on the field, the play calling, it was just like in training camp. It was all Jim Bob. He was running the show. He was never deferring, looking any. There was no input from Matt Patricia throughout the game. It was all 100% Jim Bob. Patricia, the whole time, had his card, you know, the big laminated card that they carry. And behind the card, he had his surface. And when the offense was on the field, he was popping on that surface like he was playing, you know, Candy Crush or something like that. <laughs> I think he was working defense schemes and working on the defense the whole time because he didn't look up when the plays were called, when the plays were run. He would look up here and there, but it was it was intermittent and sporadic. It wasn't with um, the kind of purpose you would see of somebody who was managing the offense um, in certain situations. You know, when you knew there was um, um, a uh, challenge to be had or if they were getting towards the red zone or the clock was running, then he was he was engaged. Right. But for the general, the, the, the largest part of when the offense is on the field, he was completely not engaged. Now, what does this say? Oh, he sucks. He can't do offense. I don't think that's I don't think that's what it is. My I, I'm standing behind my speculation that because Matthew Stafford, your franchise quarterback that you are, you just paid 400 gajillion dollars to said, I want Jim Bob Cooter to stay. You're a rookie head coach in the NFL. If you pull JBC out of there, especially with all the other coaches going at the same time that you're trying to rework and put things into place around, you would lose, you, you would risk losing 
that quarterback. And if the right things didn't happen in year one, year two, you'd, you'd absolutely lose him. Yeah. What you've done is established now a groundwork and a framework to say, look, hey, Matthew, um, I know you like the guy, but he didn't fucking do it. He was he had full control. He had all the rope in the world. He had everything he wanted and asked for and needed to run this offense. And look how you performed. And look how the offense performed. And look around at the weapons you had and how things showed up. I, I, I don't believe teams tank. But I do believe from a management role, right? People say, yeah, you're a manager. You just fire them. You can't just fire fucking people. That's not how shit works in the real world. You're obviously not a leader slash manager. Uh, you don't have that experience because you can't just walk around firing people like that, no matter what business it is. And, uh, and, and, and keep your job and have people perform. That's just not how it works. I have a feeling that the the hope was that JBC would perform and was was like other offensive coordinators appeared to be under under Caldwell under Jim Bob Caldwell. Um, they were <laughs> they were unable they were conservative because he made them that way. But I think we've seen peak JBC, and I have a feeling that our our Cooter uh, show start might be. I don't think I want to retire it. I think we can keep it even after Jim Bob's gone. But I I, I think it's obvious to everybody that his time in Detroit will be over. Um, if not before the end of the season, after the end of the season, there's nothing to gain from loosing him now. You're not going to have a good selection of of offensive coordinators out there. The good ones are all working, right? You're going to have to hire someone away or some things are going to have to change to get the guy that you want. It's just not happening right now. So there's no sense in throwing him out because that's just a baby with a bathwater situation. Case. <clears throat> That's what I saw. You can you can you can pontificate about what I saw and think maybe I'm different. I'm wrong or think differently about it if you want. No, um, I think you know our our theories on things don't always mesh. That today they do. Um, <laughs> wow. I, you know, I talked about I talked about this last off season about how I thought um, because of the turnover at the head coach and because of how many other things needed to get turned over. Defensive uh, coordinator, right? This was going to be right. This was going to be a year of um, challenges put people in uncomfortable positions and see who performs and see who doesn't and then try to replace the guys who didn't live up to what we wanted them to live up to in in this next off season. And this, the Jim Bob Cooter was in that position, even though he was one of the few guys who got held over, he still, you know, obviously was in that position where this was a this was a prove it year and he hasn't proved it. Now, and before we get, you know, too out of out of line here. It's not like Jim Bob Cooter's the worst offensive coordinator in the league the way that Joe Lombardi was. And it's not exactly like he's working with the best, you know, group of players that he's ever worked with here. Mm-hmm. Um with that you he's know, ever on Johnson and Marvin Jones and Golden Tate all, you know, not with the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when they were with the team, the different there was not a whole. A huge I mean, I mean, it wasn't. A, it hasn't been a perfect season by any means, and do, I, so like, don't don't misunderstand that. But like at the same time, it, it's we've seen a decline in the offense since Tate left, and I think that was a big factor. And now mm-hmm. you lose another, you lose another wide receiver, and you lose, you know, your your exciting rookie running back and and it, you're you're left in a position that's not a great position at some point um, you just so it's all good that's all you got to say but but at the same time like i said you know we saw what happened on the other side of the you know 
on the other sideline when they were put in a difficult position. They they found creative ways to make things happen. And and if he can't do that, if he can't find creative ways to make things happen, even when things aren't ideal. Um, and and I do think that maybe the big knock on him this year, above all else, is just that even with Carry on Johnson, that they still suck at scheming for the run. The only reason Carry on Johnson's done what he's done is because he is an exceptional talent. Yeah, and and I mean our offensive line is improved. There's better coaching there. I mean, look at and obviously the offensive line coaching that aren't helping things either. But. Look at War Daddy, Larry Warford, and, and playing for the Saints right now. How great he is, and and then remember how bad his last part of his career was at, with the Lions, and you're like, hey, no, and he's gone on to to wildly successful career. And um, the the word is from multiple people who have kind of some some ability to get some inside knowledge. As long as Ron Prince is here, I will never play for the Detroit Lions. Right? He he just would not play for that guy. Um, we t- we've talked about this and we've talked about it typically in the off season, but it's been times like this during the regular season we talk about the team's inability to grow talent. I think. And, and this is this is all going to culminate here in a little bit later in the show when we start talking about some expectations and things. But maybe this this uh, the expectations here were a little off from where they should have been. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you know where you can always have great expectations and have them met. Case, do you know? I think you do. <laughs> is that like the name of a strip club? <laughs> Great expectations. Mons Venus is a local, but um, <laughs> it's, it's it's number one rated on Amazon. Anyway, yeah, check it out. Uh, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hit that fanatics link. Look, a lot of you people are down. You don't want to buy your Lions stuff, but man, those Red Wings are hot. The Pistons are hot. You got your eh, maybe you're not big on the Michigan stuff right now. I get it. Michigan State is maybe not so good. Maybe you're a Northwestern fan. Hey, all right, you're in the finals, right? You got that going on. All your sports gear, anything you want, is available. Is it is it toaster time? Hell yeah, it's time for that hot tub toaster party. It's coming up. Um, Joel, let's talk about that. Let's get that rolling. We got we're we're in. Um, but there's lots of stuff going on. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and click on that fanatics link and you can get your gear, not just for lions. It says get lions gear, but let's be real. Sometimes you need something else to make you feel good. And uh, it's that other stuff that'll help you do it. So head on down. Um, they like to kick back to the show. We're still here. We're not giving up on the line. Well, we're maybe for the year, but we're not giving up on the team forever. There's a lot of good stuff they're going to do, and there's a lot of opportunity for the future for this team. So check out your stuff. We'll stay fans. We'll be here forever. And uh, you guys, some of you come, some of you go, but there's some of you that stay here forever with us and enjoy the show enough to, to keep following every week. And we appreciate that. Um, you guys support the show, but anyone that wants to support the show, that's the way to do it. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Fanatics link and uh, get your gear for any sport, and uh, we'll we'll give you much love in the ether of the world. Speaking of ether, um, we need to talk about Case and his utter inability to do anything right. It started with Jim Bob Caldwell. It, it, it's continued through... Um, all the other I love that, Xander. stuff like that. It's been the... I love Golden's hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got God, the, I love that kid. And then it culminated. I'm toast. Yeah, yeah. This guy's a mess, <laughs> right? I mean... He has to pay me to keep my pants on. It's, so. it's a wreck over here, okay? On top of all that stuff... If, if, uh, if, uh, <laughs> oh, I got that. And actually, yeah, four. Uh, well, yeah, no, those are the three. And listen, uh, and then we also, <laughs> anyway, that was him talking about being clear. Anyway, the, the reality is, Case 
normally is very clear in what he's talking about, but he did make a mistake here with Mike Ford, and we want to make sure we pillory him and make fun of him as much as possible because, Case, what were you, drunk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, man. Probably, I didn't mean to beat you up probably. that hard. You probably didn't deserve no, all that's of okay. that. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Um, no, after the Panthers game, uh, when we uh, saw our last show, um, I had talked about how, you know, I thought somebody, I think I said, what, what is this thing called Ford or, or something like that? You know, I, I ragging on Mike Ford because I thought he'd gotten picked on. Uh, I went back and rewatched the game and realized that it wasn't Mike Ford uh, that I thought was getting picked on. It was Tease Tabor. Um, <laughs> late, late in the game, uh, Tease Tabor had a couple of uh, mistakes that, that I, well, and it, Mike Ford wears 38 and Tabor wears 31. And live, um, they, they look a little bit similar. Um, so I don't I, want to knock the uniforms that we were just trying to sell jerseys for, but they are certainly hard to tell the numbers on on TV. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so I so that was my mistake. Uh, thinking because now Ford did have like two receptions on him that I you know obviously the one that was let up for the huge gain um, more. Uh, so there, so it wasn't like he played a perfect game in that game or anything. Um, but I, I did attribute a couple of, a couple of, uh, bad plays to him that weren't his fault. So and I don't think I, you gave him credit for the, the sweet ass punt that he downed with his toes. I mean, you talk about knowledge yeah, about where the end zone line was. Right. Oof, right. That was hot. That was hot. Um, so. Smoking. I also was trying to pay a little bit more attention to the, him this week after after some comments uh, in uh, in the you know comment thread on our after our last show, which I is exactly why said, I like the bullshit. Yeah, I think that's right. Right, <laughs> and it, that's why that's why we like those constructive criticism you know stuff is so I need because of you know we we miss shit. And when um, it's in the and, subreddit, we actually see it, and we can do something about it. Like like right now, our case is being. Embarrassed publicly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I had a little bit more of an eye on in this last game, and I, you know, he's he's an undrafted free agent, um, and so my expectations for him after two games, seeing seeing significant snaps in two games, uh, both at cornerback and safety, I should add, um, where they actually had also had Tabor taking snaps at safety as well. So there's going to be some interesting like positional things going on there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, there's certainly reason to think after, after these two games that he could be a player who sticks around. Um, He'll need to, I I, I always, you know, the chances of a a UDFA actually like making it long-term in the NFL are, is so slim. And, and sometimes when a team is in a bad situation, I mean, Tony Romo, but it's it's still incredibly slim. Well, Tony Romo had a, had a pretty um, long career. Malcolm <laughs> Butler, I think, is a, is is a better example only oh, because I, I he's a were, Super Bowl I, hero. And right. where is he today? Right? I mean, it's just he's he's nothing. Oh, I see what you mean. I I under I, I misunderstood your true what you were saying. I just thought you were naming out significant, you know, UDFA. But um, the point being, you know, it, just because a guy you know has a couple of good games doesn't mean I'm buying in on that. But at the same time. There's not a lot of guys having a couple of good games out there. <laughs> is it? Is it? It's Kent Platt that does the RAS stuff, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Good stuff the, too. He's he's a great guy. 
And while I, I don't think those are great, you know, in terms of actually predicting NFL success, I think you'd, you'd find that a lot of the highest scoring guys frequently don't make it because while they have the, you know, physical tools, they don't have the skills or they don't have the men- mental, you know, uh, growth or whatever. There's a but gauntlet it, on the ground, Kent. <laughs> well, no, and I, I don't think I don't think Kent, you know, is out there trying to proclaim that it's, you know, a perfect predictor of no, success oh, no, or, not, or no. anything either. Let's, let's um, have it, it, let's, you know what? Let's have him come on one of the sorry. I, well, let's have him come on one of the next shows and talk about um, his 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 Raz because I think that's yeah, it's, see if it's he has something to say about Mike Ford. Yeah, yeah, no, um, absolutely. But, and I think he'll he'll talk to that. And I think he's 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 really not only is he a good guy, he's a really smart guy, and he'll probably he'll give us a very balanced opinion on the predictive ability of what he has, and he may have, you know, some foresight as to where he wants to go with it to give it some better predictive kind of analysis. But go ahead, sorry. Go oh no, uh the value of putting a guy like Mike Ford in the game right now, giving him as many snaps as they're giving him, is that, you know, with the season more or less you know, over for the lions. It's not like mathematic. They're not, they're not mathematically eliminated, but that could happen very soon. They're Matt Patricia Um, eliminated. (laughs) Right. Um, Oh, ouch. Um, (laughs) There, there is value in, in finding out what you've gotten players. And um, that's, you know, it would make sense to play it a little bit more conservative if things were going really well. And you might, you might have a player with high potential sitting on the bench, but you don't want to, you don't want to risk losing a game on a guy with no experience or or anything like that. Uh, So it would make sense in that, you know, that scenario not to play a guy like him, but considering the situation they're in right now, play every guy you've got that you need to see more of because you you're at this point you're already starting tryouts for next year. Yeah, and, oh, absolutely. If you're smart you are at least. And so Mike Ford right now is is he I mean over the next couple of games he might be the the single guy that I'm watching more than anyone else. Uh, and it's it's to see if I think he legitimately has a, a role going forward. And, you know, there, there's some hype, you know, hype, hype gets out of control. Um, so, you know, there's already people saying, is he our number two? Is he our number two? Well, he might get number two, you know, he might get the snaps of a number two right now. It doesn't mean that he'll go into next season as number two, but it's also not out, uh, you know, entirely outside of the realm of possibility that he couldn't be one of those players who shocks. So, it's smart to use him right now. It's smart to find out what you have in a guy like him. Right. Right. No, no, I, I, I won't disagree at all. And, uh, you know, so far so good. And it's, it's better than training camp to get him skilled up, right? If you're going to grow a guy, not only just to see what you have, but you can see his, his growth trajectory and it helps you work your draft. It helps you work your, your, uh, yeah. your everything else you've got going on. He may wind up being a guy who makes a great play and you never see again, AKA like a, a Malcolm Butler. He may be a guy that grows into a position. That's a, a surprise and a very happy one at that. Um, but it definitely helps you make decisions. And let's face it, uh, compared to the other guys in the field right now, he's not doing so bad. Tease, I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> so he gives you at least some hope, right? I do wonder, before we move on, I do wonder, you know, if if they won't give Tease an extended look um, as, at safety this offseason. Mm-hmm. Because they did, he did play quite a few safety snaps um, in the last couple of games. So Yeah, yeah and try, try to 
see if there's anything speed issues and give them make up for it so yep all right um quick next next topic is some programming notes and and the big one is going to go second because that's the way we do things right um first uh quick takes on friday draft coverage uh, offensive coordinator possibilities we're gonna go over that we got risden we're gonna do a live broadcast on friday like we've done before it's a quick show. It's 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But uh, he and I are going to go go knock some stuff down, and it'll be available as a podcast on the regular feed as well for you. So make sure you check that out. Uh, it's going to be 5 o'clock-ish uh, Eastern on Friday. So if you're available, check it out on our YouTube channel. Don't forget, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. That'll be good. Uh, so we're back with Quick Takes, Jeff Risden and I, and uh, we'll draft coverage. What's What are we looking at? What's the early look in the draft? And Lions offensive coordinator possibilities. Who's out there? Who Who might we want to go with? The second one is very interesting, and I I can only talk a little bit about it, and it's just because it's not all put into concrete or anything. It's it's going to happen, I can tell you that. Um, Dean Blandino and I are going to do a tour of Detroit, and we're going to shoot it. We got some some people from Fox going to shoot the thing. It'll be it'll be cool. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. It'll be funny. Um, I can't give you a lot of details. We have some brainstorming we're going to do on it. Um, Multiple location shoot, a lot of things. There's a lot of pieces to this. Our Patreon people know more. Um, they're going to get first chance to be uh, on the casting call. So there's another reason to be a Patreon person. You know, get in there. I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll wait it. Whoever gives the most gets a better chance of the cat passing casting call. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that all being said, there's one specific thing we need, and we need to crowdsource this. We need to get the largest audience possible and get somebody to help us. And... We may not get anyone. We could get five people. I don't know what to expect from this. So I just want to say, if we get five people, we're just going to pick the best one. And it isn't an insult or anything else, but it's the best one to fit what we're doing. What we need is somebody who has um, a Detroit Lions party bus. <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to say, right? It's, it's going to be cool. But we need... Um, a we bu- want to see your shagging wagons, boys. Yeah. We need a bus, and it's got to have Lions stuff all over it, and we need to use that for, as part of our shoot. And you can drive it. We won't drive it. There's a couple locations we're going to want it to, you know, the whole thing. But if you know somebody who wants to take part or you have one yourself, please, 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 um, Twitter, right? You can contact us at the at the website. That's another great way to do it. There's a contact us location where you can email us. Uh, get in touch with us. And, or even in the subreddit is another place in the comments there. Let us know that you have access to it and we'll get that set up and, and, and that'll be part of the shoot and you can join us and see what's going on. It's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm just going to tell you that. We'll put it there. I guarantee you laugh. So, uh, Blandino, if you know of a Lions themed bus that we can use as the Lions party bus, please, please help us out. A lot, lot more to it than just that, but that's where at. So there's the programming notes, quick takes on Friday and get us a party bus. Please help us out. All right, let's move on to the next thing really quick. Before we get into the next topic, I want to talk about Amazon really quick case because the one thing Fanatics doesn't have is those ugly Christmas sweaters, and it is time to get those ugly Christmas sweaters. It's time to get I those I got a Christmas Lions ones. one. I'll I show know. you guys. I, I put it on Twitter, I promise. Uh, yeah, you say that. Um, <laughs> you be like Case with the sweater. No other way. Please don't. I got it for like $5 because I got on the right time. Yeah, see, that's the way to do it. Ugly Christmas sweaters, you're getting gifts for people. You don't want to go fight people, fall on the ice like Case does. You just you just want to get your stuff done. You want to hit the Amazon, but you don't want to go there straight. You got to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and use the Amazon link to go there. It's, it's a couple extra letters that you're typing in, and it's a click, and that's it. But you know what they do? 
They say, whoa, Chris and Kay sent you. Those guys are freaking cool. And uh, we're going to give them a kickback on everything you bought. It's a great way to help the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. And this is the this is the shagging season. This is where, you know, you're buying those good gifts for the people that matter the most. And uh, it's a great way, a great way to support the show. We're here thick and thin. We're here for you. We're your therapy. We're your, your cheerleaders. And we're here to commiserate when things are down as well. Help us do that. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use the Amazon link before you go to Amazon. It'll take you right there. No pop-ups, no funny stuff. And they'll give us a kickback. It's a great way to support the show. Please support the show through that link on our site before you go to Amazon. All right, let's move on. Um, this is a big topic, Case, because there's a lot of pieces to this. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's yeah, like a it's, two million piece. What's that big puzzle? This is, this is, this is, this is going to piss people off yeah, yeah and, not and, everyone not everyone but there are going to be p- p- people angry at us yeah and we're not here to tease or cause say. problems or anyone we're not here to pick on you but we're just going to talk real talk so it's just the way it is okay um case how many pieces was that puzzle that you had on your on your basement table that you were oh god on? what was that like nine thousand yeah it's fucking crazy it was giant. you showed me a picture it was monstrous it took um, up like a whole ping pong table yeah and that's kind of what we're working with here did you ever finish that by the way I did. Oh, good. Except for like, except for like a dozen pieces that my cat ate. Oh, but so there's no shellac on that puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, this is this is a conversation about the lions, and we, we we started talking about this by thinking about well, what do we think about the team in the beginning of the year versus where are they now? There's a lot of predictions and. I think there was a general consensus of what people thought of the team and where the team was and where it would be this year and where it was going. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's dashed expectations, but it's a, there's a Delta between where everyone, what everyone thought on August 5th (laughs) and what people think on December 5th, right? Uh, There's, there's a, a, a significant difference between where people's heads are at. And we want to talk about that. Um, because I, I guess we can start out the conversation. Like, look, This is what's going to make people angry. If you became a Lions fan with the expectations of victory, you probably didn't look too far back in history. (laughs) Just, just, just a thought, right? It's just, I don't know. Um, I expect victory though. I expect it to come every year and, and, and I expect them to be accountable to the fans that we spend the money and all that. But in the end, it's our choice whether we spend that money or not and what, and how we, how we support this team. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a glutton. You know, it's, I think we've talked about this before. It's a, it's a very Detroit thing where you grind through anything. Nothing breaks somebody from Detroit. It's hard for somebody outside of Detroit to come to Detroit because <laughs> you're not used to that grind. But when some people from Detroit and a lot of them did in, you know, 2007, 2008, 2010, all the way through those years, a lot of people left Detroit and they took an ethic and a, an attitude with them, a grind that no people aren't used to they don't know how to how to take that a lot and you can outgrind people just because of your dna of where you come from and um that's that's part of the whole lions fan mantra it is it is totally in line with being a detroiter it's it's just the way it is so anyway with all this there's 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 been an anger uh that's come out of where expectations were to where they are today wouldn't you agree case yeah a little bit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we uh even even in even just us talking about things um on the show we've seen more vitriol aimed at you know our direction this season than than any season before that we've done this um 
just because talk anybody, about the Lions. Yeah, and 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 it, well, we you know, it, it take take an example, and I don't think this is this particular topic is not one we're going to get deep into. But uh, you know, we've had some criticisms of of the media, and people get really upset that we have criticisms of the media uh, it, to the point where things are like, um, you know, there was a comment like, Oh yeah. The media is the reason that they aren't winning any games. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, we talked, I, I, we brought that up last week. Mm-hmm. I don't, nobody was saying that nobody was saying that the media is the primary or only, or, you know, it's reason. one of 9,000 pieces. It's just of the one, of, one of the drops in the bucket. Yeah, it's one of the the yeah. I got a drop. It, I got a drop it, for it you. It might be an edge piece. I got a drop for you. I don't get Cooter. <laughs> one more time for you. Ready? I don't get Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get but, Cooter. But, but the, just just like you said, you know that everybody is so angry, and everybody is so angry at everybody else who doesn't agree with them one hundred percent about what isn't going right. And they want to yell. I mean, I think they want to yell at the players and the team and the management and the coaches, but they can't, right? Because there's a barrier. You don't you don't get to Twitter's close, but they just they don't see you, right? Oh, I only yeah. see blue I only see blue check answers. I don't see anything from they don't see it. Snacks is a guy that's different in that in that regards. Um but you want to you want to just take that anger but but if if you go back to where that anger's from right and and this is where i think the key piece is i think the anger is a result of people having dashed expectations do you agree case yeah um i agree that that's what happened i didn't understand why that happened, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, go your thing and then I'll explain what I mean. Yeah. 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 No, I think the, it started way, way, way back when the whole nine and seven comment came from, um, Bob Quinn and, and I didn't see that live yeah, and I only, I, ch- I only I, saw I it later. Think, I do think that's, you know, a big part of where that started. Yeah. Well, we, and, and look, you want to believe you've got a team that's done well. You've got a, you've got your GM from, um, from New England, the Patriot way. Remember when people were talking about that? Haven't heard that much the last couple of weeks, have you? <laughs> I hated the whole Patriot way <laughs> thing. Anyway, um, that was that was the thing. The Patriot way. We're bringing this in. We got now. We got a. We got the 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 shining star coach that everybody wanted at, from the Patriots, and we brought him in. That's it. The final pieces in place. We've got the we've got the offense. So the front seven isn't going to be there, but we have all these different things in place. We've got a team that is absolutely going to be competitive. That is it. And then the season. The, the well, even before that, we can talk about. I mean, the the story about the the assault, and then we, we've we've beaten that one. And then the, the making players run, and, and it well, and it all started from <laughs> all there. This, like, right? Weird shit that like just started started to to create Absurdity. small divides that turned yeah. into larger divides. Absurdity, and 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 then you see what happens in the preseason, and people, you know. Here's the I told you so. I was nervous in the preseason. I told you they didn't have. I told you they wouldn't be. But you watched every game and you cheered for them until it didn't work. And then all of a sudden you're an I told you so guy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You predicted the future. Um, but the thing the thing is, is the, the Jets game happened. I think that was another seminal moment in people's expectations. Backbreaker. 
Yeah. For yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And then the New England game happened. <laughs> and it's like, like, like what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway, I, I think a lot of that, like that build, if you watch that flow through the, through the season and where people were versus where they are now, there's a, there's a, there's a huge Delta there and people's expectations about where this team would be are different. And the thing that's interesting I find uh, on this is that a lot, a lot, a lot of people, including, including us point to that nine and seven comment from Quinn. As as that lied, right? But but the thing is, he said that once, and we all bought in, and we had this this heightened expectation. Yeah. It was, and 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 we we threw away all the signals that were there, telling us what we were really dealing with and what we're looking at, and the and, and how rookie coaches work, and all that kind of stuff. We threw all that away, and we want to pin it on Bob Quinn's one comment. And I think we took rational thinking and threw it out the window, and just believed. Right. And, and and as a fan base, we believed. And now that it's all gone to shit, we, we, we want to embrace the Valenti mindset around this. Right. And it is truly, I think, a result of dashed expectations where we had this belief in something and it was stolen from us. And we were like, wow, do I feel like a fool? Because I believed in, in what was there. And that, that's where my head is at around this, this dashed expectation thing. What do you, what do you think, Case? <laughs> it's I don't mean to end up like going against the grain as often as I do. Well, just sit um, on the fence and paint it brown like you usually do. Right. Well, that, that that's exactly it. You know, it, 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 as as a fence sitter, I, I tend oh, to pole sitter. Sorry, it's a different song. <laughs> people who are it. on either side of the fence still think that I'm going you know, a different direction from them. Um, so like everybody, everybody thinks that I'm, uh, you're against them, but you're not for anything. That's what it is. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I predicted an eight and eight year. It's going to be a little bit difficult for them to even get to eight and eight at this point. Um, I didn't, predict um the injuries that we've seen i didn't predict the trade of tate you know those those are the kind of things that mess with anybody's anybody's predictions uh year to year um but you're an idiot because you predicted wrong right right i told you so mindset but when i came into the season predicting eight and eight my expectations were comparatively low so when they lost to the Jets in spectacular fashion, I was like, well, that sucks. That was not a fun game to watch at all. They're probably better than that. And they have been, you know, you know, just because they've lost a lot of other games, they certainly haven't lost any games in quite that same fashion. Um, when they beat the Patriots, I was still like, well, that might not be how good they truly are either. Oh, man, but you they know? looked like such a complete team. Yeah, they and it was great to see. That was Patriots. great to see. That I, wasn't I a last second that. comeback. That's so right? much fun. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you and, and I talked about like, uh, and I, I don't mean to step on here. I'm sorry, but talked about no, how okay. how people ignored like the the signals, including us, right? It, it ignored signals along the way. How many wins did they get from a comeback last year? Right. The last second comeback, those could just as easily 
have been losses. And if you throw them the other way, this team has actually improved over where they were last year. That that win over the Patriots wasn't some bullshit last second comeback. We we played a complete game and we soundly beat that team 100%. So I, I, I just I want to talk about, you know, the Jets game was just a, a heartbreaker. The 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 New England game was the opposite of that. They they were two ends of the spectrum. My issue um and I'm trying real hard to like put myself in the shoes of people who came in with those high expectations. But to me, this whole season was about experiments and about finding what could work and what couldn't work and what needed to be changed long-term. I don't understand entirely. I'm trying I don't understand entirely how one comment from Bob Quinn set so many people down this path it didn't, of didn't it's what they're pointing at. It's what they're right. pointing at. They right. they believed, right? I mean, and I don't want to call it a cult because it's not what what we what we've got here, right? But and 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 I count myself amongst the believers, the people who believe this team was going to perform um, much much better this year than than what they have so far. I believed that that we had gotten some pieces in place and that we had the right. I, I knew the defense was going to be difficult to deal with. I also knew the offense was going to be just a high powered mofo. But I believed, and when you when you believe in something, I mean, think about it. I mean, and, and I'm I'm not. Don't take this the wrong way, people. Please just take it for uh, the metaphor or whatever the the analogy that it is. What if you took all the people that go to church every Sunday and and you could just flat out prove that God didn't exist? How heartbreaking would that be for those people? How just absolutely soul sucking. I mean, literally suck their soul, right? No, would mean, that you be? Could look at history and things like you know Copernicus and yeah. you know Galileo and things like that. You know exactly. People don't take to that kind of thing well, and so. There was a buildup, and, and and it's interesting ahead of the season how you had the the buildup of nine and seven was one data point, but people really saw a lot of things coming together. Maybe made connections that didn't exist, while you had this undercurrent of the the things the media were doing that were really shady for lack of a better term, fake newsy garbage time stuff that were dividing people so that the believers only believe more, right? When you, when you divide people like that, they, you, you, and you put something so extreme out there, like, like they did, you push people to one end or the other, you create a huge, a, a bigger gap between the groups, right? It's, we see it in politics. We see it in all the things that happen today. And I think that maybe we pushed more and more people away from that, Garbage, the, your, your Carlos stuff, right? The only thing that Carlos does is make people hate the freak, right? And then also want to defend their guy more, which is the Lions, right? All that trash stuff just pushes people. And now you have more people that are there defending themselves against a guy that's an obvious troll, an obvious piece of shit like Carlos. Yet at the same time, their their heart's being ripped out because the the, the ones they believe in aren't doing the thing that they're supposed to think that they believe that they would do. Right. 
It's a re it's a it's a really strange dynamic and maybe there's too much psychology involved but let's talk about it let's talk about expectations and, and how they've how things are are different than what we maybe thought they would be um let's talk about expectations of a rookie head coach right um typically you're not seeing rookie head coaches winning divisions right case yeah and I, and I had a conversation uh with somebody on reddit about this uh, several weeks ago where they were you know, saying, well, just look at, you know, Doug Peterson, look at Sean McVay. Okay. Let's look again at Doug Peterson now, several weeks later, um, as the Eagles are failing miserably in his, in his second season. Um, and Sean McVay with the team, let's look at him again next year when he's lost a ton of talent due to, you know, not being able to maintain the, the, the price tags on all the shiny toys he picked up things like that. Um, there's, there is a limited, very limited uh, number of head coaches who truly started in the NFL with a big bang and stayed there. Um, I, I think I even, I, I think I talked shortly about this uh, a few weeks ago, but it's worth bringing back up. I had looked up the winning records, uh, rookie seasons of all the head coaches who played um, in the Super Bowl over the last 10 years. So um, I, I think it was like, I want to say it was like 16 guys total. Um, because you maybe maybe not even 16, maybe more like 12. Because you had a lot of repeats, obviously. You got Bill Belichick in there quite a few times. Um, most of the head coaches who have coached a team in the Super Bowl over the last 10 years had losing seasons their rookie year as head coach, wherever they were. There you go. That includes Bill Belichick. That includes um, Pete Carroll. That includes Mike Coughlin, uh, Tom Coughlin. That includes some really highly respected coaches who had losing seasons their first year, wherever they happened to be their first year. It's not a death knell. <laughs> it, <laughs> Evidently, it, it is in Detroit. Right. And, and, and that's, you know, that's just one, one place to look at something and say, let's not overreact. Let's wait and see what they do with well, the situation. But the data you're giving me suggests that we should fire our rookie head coach, get another rookie head coach because rookie, rookie head coaches are so successful. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, maybe that's and, not and what now, you're saying. And now, and now like, even even a guy who I complimented earlier in the show in, in Matt Nagy with the Bears, will he be able to continue what he's been able to do or or will teams figure him out? He's, will he He's had a will, confluence of factors that have come together. He is gonna get destroyed in the playoffs. That, that, that's just the I way it is gonna be. And they're gonna look good and, and they're gonna I, have I high expectations. Job. No, no. But at the same time, like to to it would be it would be wildly and irresponsibly premature to anoint him as a great head coach after one season, because we've seen it would like, like, you know, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl last year and people were like, all right, well, this is the, you know, best head coach in the league. Now that might be an exaggeration. I'm not sure anybody was quite saying that, but everybody assumed that he was the Dynasty next time. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're the the Eagles have completely fallen apart. They yeah, lost some like coaches. It. They they lost some of their you know their their lower tier co coaches in the off season, and it it showed. 
Uh, so, you know, the same thing could easily happen to Matt Nagy, you know. Um, and they still have Jim Shorts. I'm not shorts. saying it will. I'm not saying it will. And now Philadelphia is screaming for Jim Shorts's head. After they were praising him, yeah. you know, a year ago. Yep, yeah, that's right. So, um, all, I'm, all I'm getting at, all I'm getting at with that is to say, don't assume that Matt Patricia is a bad head coach because the lions had a losing season his first year. There's a lot of stuff going on with the team. There's a whole lot. Let's give him a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't disagree. And I think, I think you, you put a good cap on that. Um, there, there may be a time to get rid of Matt Patricia, but after yeah. his rookie and year, I, that I don't want to right. And, and, and even though I've been an advocate for him, I don't want people to think that I'm here like not, you know, looking at what not looking at what he's been able to accomplish and not accomplish because I am. I'm not saying he's perfect. Yep. And there's there's like we talked about earlier with the Jim Bob Cooter piece, how you have to manage talent through that and manage people through that. Unfortunately, there's an absolute human element to this and there's a leadership element and good leaders know how to deal with people. It's just the way it goes. Um, we'll move on then now. Let's talk about the defense because oh, you're drinking that bad beer. Um, the defense is something that we thought would have. Let's see. We talked about that beautiful umbrella. Of the secondary, we talked about coverage sacks actually, um, which wound up being true for a while. Uh, for the first but, like four four games, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early in the secondary season. is playing fantastic, early. Yeah, and we knew they would, and we predicted it. We we told you. Sorry, <laughs> um, but we told you the, the front seven was where the big concern <laughs> was, right? And and things have, have shifted, and 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 personnel have changed, and people have been injured, and so on. But um, the front seven, what are they? I think you said earlier when we were talking about they're it. They're tied ninth. Backs. Yeah. And I think they're probably easily, and my guess is, and I would have to look, I would have to, you know, find the numbers. But my guess is that they're in a similar area for total pressures because they, it's not like they're just, just getting sacks. They're also hurrying opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. And just two weeks ago, maybe at the most, they were fourth. In sacks, right? I mean, the the front seven has outperformed our expectations. Wow, holy cow. But by the same token, maybe we painted too much of Matt Patricia's magic at dealing with poor talent, as we saw the last year in New England, um, with how the defense would perform. Um, you got T's Tabor in the field. I don't know if there's any way to cover that. And you, we talked about moving him to safety where you don't need to be quite as quick, but um, I'm not sure that... I'm not sure that Tease is 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 going to make this team next year. Even um, he's he's not had a great two years. Jared Davis better than Reuben Foster. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh, he's he's fine. He's he's fine. He's he's def, definitely a workable player. Um, Progress has been made there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even since the preseason. Right when he would just missile past everybody, he'd be in the opposing end zone while the guy he missed the tackle on was in our end zone. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it, it's, it's been an improvement, and uh, I think we'll we'll continue to see him improve. His ceiling is is still not something that he's reached yet, but um, I think we thought that there would be more out of this defense, and it seems like every game we start the first drive they have, they just chew our defense to pieces. And then we have to come back from that. And the we'll talk about what the expectation was, how we would how we would counter that. But 
it just happens every game and it, and it hurts it hurts a lot to have the defense have that many holes and 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 miss so many opportunities here's my feeling on it though i don't think we have an above average defense in terms of talent i do think we have at least an average defense this year when you look at the year as a whole in terms of production and now that includes the unfortunate injuries in the secondary where i think you know uh, aside from mike ford and glover quinn every single guy in the secondary has been on the injury report at some point this year have you noticed how much faster uh, glover quinn is this year than last year <laughs> that is also a factor that is a legitimate factor you know when um, you can't hit when you can't hit that speed you don't hit as hard and maybe you don't get injured well here, here this is slightly askew of where i was going but um the lions have allowed seven uh 20 plus yard rushes this year which is very average in the league um i think there's there's a lot of teams with more there's a lot of teams with less it's very average five of those seven runs went for 40 plus yards when it when a run goes for 20 plus yards i'm very happy to put that on the sec uh, on the uh, front seven mm-hmm. because obviously they lost containment and a running back got away from them mm-hmm. but when it run goes for 40 plus yards to me that's a failing of the secondary because they failed at their job of cleaning things up and i do think that the the you know speed loss of quinn the injuries that have hampered other players are a big reason for that that's that's just one little example of a you know a stat i can pull out of my ass to, to prove a point maybe of a nine thousand piece puzzle um, again yeah. right exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall as the season has gone on while the secondary has clearly regressed and while i have you know obviously we've seen decent play to mike ford so maybe that's the resurgence we'll see at the end of the year that would be great if if we saw a resurgence from the secondary thanks to a strong one two quarterback punch i'm not counting on that because slay is still not entirely slay right now um he's still a the, good looking man though right well Damn, i won't argue with that man i won't argue with that um, but the front seven has continually and, and, and even before the addition of snacks, but especially with the addition of snacks and with the reintroduction of Ziggy Ansa, has continued to improve. There have been a couple of games where they allowed, you know, teams to rush for more than they should have, but most of the time we're seeing a lot of tackles for loss or tackles at the line of scrimmage, especially on runs up the middle, which is an improvement because it runs up the middle were a disaster before it takes pressure off a guy like Jared Davis, who it can make a lot of plays in a lot of places. But if you put too much stress on him, you're going to see him make mistakes a lot. And we stopped seeing him making huge mistakes in every single game. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're seeing linebackers getting into the involved in the in the in the blitzing and to good effect. There are 10 different players with sack on this team. Six of those 10 have 2.5 plus sacks. It would be three, but Snacks has 2.5 right now. So I'm cutting it off. I should actually that was seven of the 10 have 2.5. 
including snacks at 2.5. If you want to say six, have three plus sex. This is a this is a good thing. This is it, it's like what I t- have talked about in the past with having wide receiver depth, which unfortunately we don't have at the moment, um, but we had. And how important having a good you know two three four option uh, in the receiving core is to an effective offense. Having good depth at pass rush and having good scheme use of those guys. Mm-hmm is much more important in my opinion. And I think, you know, you, you said you hate the Patriot way stuff, but I think this is the thing that, that Patricia brought over from there is making things work on the front seven, regardless of who you have there. Mm -hmm. And it's like Matt Nagy is doing with the bears offense. So let's call it the bears way then. Matt Patricia is doing, I'm not, I'm just going to ignore that is, is doing with the lions front seven right now. That's why I hate the Patriot way thing. (laughs) That's it because the bears are doing it and other teams are doing it. It's, it's, it's the best way. It's whatever we're doing. Exactly. exactly. We're not able to do it on the whole team, right? We're not hitting the success piece yet because it takes regress to injuries. And I just want to, I want to make sure there's more than one piece to the puzzle. Right. right. Maybe there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, right? Maybe there's as many as 9,000 pieces of the puzzle. And it's a very difficult puzzle to do. And your cat's going to eat some pieces along the way. And then you get to figure out what to do with that. But that's why I hate the whole Patriot way thing. It's not it's not because they don't like the Patriots, but it's because the Patriots have a model that they follow. It's a continuous improvement model. It's a model that other people follow as well. And it's worked for them in pieces, Right. There's for the Patriots, they've been there for a long time. They've had this model in place for a long time and they've had long term success with this model because they've had the people in place for a long time. Really, the person, Belichick, and who's had his fingers throughout right. the rest of the organization right. making that happen. Right. right. Um, so the Patriot way, I would say, is more around a one man implementing this continuous improvement model over time where you've got a couple of people at the Bears doing that. Right. You don't have one genius mind making it all happen. You right. have to pull right. from multiple. It's not like right? Nagy is, is controlling the defense. The defense was more or less set. Exactly. Um, and so here in Detroit, we don't have one mind that's doing it. We have multiples that are working together as well. So uh, the, the, the idea of that Patriot way thing, I just think that that creates a with the expectations thing we're talking about. And, and it, it just frames the whole concept wrong, which is and it's why I've hated that since the beginning, because and they've said it. Uh, Quinn has said it and Patricia said it. We're not doing the Patriot way. We're doing the Detroit way. And And it's it's a different version of continuous improvement. And that's that. Just get over the Patriot way stuff. And sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just <laughs> no, yelling in general you. at the at the, the air. Um, I understand what you're saying, but that's that's just, that just bothers me. And it's it's a thing that's that's kind of stuck with me. And I haven't been able to articulate it until just now. You finally were able to pull it out of me. So so thanks for that, Case. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 bottom line point that I want to take away from this is that I am happy with the progress that has been made on the front seven uh, this year. And so if, you know, whether or not they'll be able to get healthy in the secondary and or add the talent that needs to be added there to, to make it a complete defense next year, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Whether or not they'll be able to find a new offensive coordinator who can actually, you know, run a, run a good offense um, and whether or not they'll be able to find the talent at specific places on offense to allow that to happen, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. 
But bottom line is the one area that I was that we came into this year most concerned about was the front seven on the defense. That has shown significant improvement. Yeah. So and uh, we're not alone. Don't don't give me the oh, told you I told you we were wrong. No, there's enough that's changed. There's a lot of puzzles. Cats have eaten pieces. The whole thing. It's nine thousand pieces of puzzle. So one other thing about the defense I want to talk about before we move on. If you're okay with moving on here, yeah. yeah. Um, ladies, just so you know, four inches tall. He's got a head that bobbles and a finger that wags. Darius Slay bobblehead to the first 20,000 people at Ford Field this week <laughs> at the Rams game. If any of you get I thought you were going to do a Peter Von Panda no. intro. Ooh, like, that, what oh, are you doing? Oh, I might. I just might use that. I just might have to go to there. <laughs> um, if anyone gets an extra Darius Slay uh, bobblehead, I would love it. I would appreciate it more than more than you know. So uh, there you go. That's That's it on the defense. All right. We'll move on. To the offense, and I want to separate this case when we talk about this because I think there's one, there's the Stafford piece, and then there's the rest of the offense, right? So let's let's just start with the rest of the offense and uh, and kind of talk through that and, and where where expectations were versus where they are now, and then we'll we'll hit Stafford specifically, okay? Because I think those are two unique kind of topics. Um, we talked about the offense in the offseason. We the whole thing was the defense was going to be what it was. It's a hodgepodge. The talent isn't there. But on offense, holy cow, we got the line. We've got the receivers. We've got the best surrounding cast, carry on, blunt, everybody surrounding our quarterback that we need for this offense to be the most high powered thing. And it doesn't matter. As long as the defense holds them to 17 or less, we're gonna win every game because we're gonna score like crazy. I think we might have missed on that one. Um, I think everybody might have missed on that one because the reality is way different than what everyone thought coming into the season, where that offense was going to be. Um, <clears throat> yeah. There were a couple of things that were brought up this last offseason that I, that, where I had concerns. And I think the Don't do one, that. I told you so. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to. I, I will say the one major area where this team still sucks on offense is short yardage situations. And I was concerned about that uh, because our tight end group was so weak. Um, and while Golden Tate was strong, uh, he wasn't big. So we didn't have an Anquan Bolden type who could play that role for us. No, God, I wanted we lost. We lost Aaron Fells. I wanted him so bad. Those were the things On where the I that that were a major concern for me. And um, while I still had hopes that uh, you know an improved run game would oh. mitigate that factor. It hasn't been able to sufficiently mitigate that factor and is still an issue. Uh, one of the most interesting players to look at on the offense right now is Garrett Blunt and how poor his performance looks this year compared to the last couple of years. Now, you could say, is you know, at his age, that's not a huge shock necessarily. His, his north south running yardage but, is less than his. East West, but uh, again, right? I would I would look at what he was able to do the last two years, 
on other teams and with much greater effect than what he's doing here in Detroit right now and say that that's a problem with either the play calling, scheming, planning, or the execution from the offensive line. And I don't know that you can say it's entirely 100% either of those things, but I don't think LeGarrette Blunt's talent fell off the map all of a sudden. I think his situation got worse. Hmm. Okay. I think I can go with that. I think the situation did get worse. I think the... It, it, I, I would point it at play calling. We talked about JBC um, at the Thanksgiving game. I called and, and I wasn't trying to call every play. All right. But on first down, I called the blunt up the middle play no fewer than seven times before right. the play happened. Right. His situation has absolutely changed. And if I'm calling this shit, if if me, stupid ass me can say, here's what the next play is. Yep. Oh, the, the Theo screen was another one that I was able to, uh, yep. to differentiate. Bubble screen versus regular screen, too. Just so you know, I can I can tell the difference. And um, it was five, six times, whatever I called it out. Um, absolutely. Simply simply maddening how bad the play calling is. Blunt could probably be way, way more effective with better play calling. And, and a little bit of... Um, look, I get the idea of imposing your will on another team. Like, just out manning them we don't have the talent to do that <laughs> no and, 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 and well and, and, I, I like the talent we have on the offensive line it's not necessarily perfect can can i just i hate this is back to the jim bob cooter thing before but if you want to you look at the talent we have on 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 offense okay you want to see how impactful a play caller can be look to cleveland who scored 30-some points all of a sudden out of nowhere on yep. the Bungles. Yes, only. With the same playbook. They didn't change the playbook. <laughs> it was all the same fucking plays. It was just play calling the change. And guess what? Bam! They hung in the 30s on the Bungles that fast. Unexpected to everybody. Wow. The person calling the plays with a little bit of a scheme, a little bit of thinking, can make all the difference yeah. in the world. And that, that I, I, I think it was Floundericious. I could be wrong, but I have to give credit for that point uh, to the Slack chat with the, the Patreon people because that's where that one, it just blew up in my face. I was like, holy shit, that is it. That is it right there. That's why Jim Bob's got to go because <laughs> with the same playbook, somebody can make that much of a difference. We've got the personnel to be successful. We weren't wrong in what we said about the offense and their ability to perform at the beginning of the year. I, I don't think we were wrong I think the, at all. I absolutely all. think the talent was all there. Yep. I think it was sitting right there, as we said, with JBC. And he, he's just, I mean, he, he just failed. And now I suppose, you know, we, we say how much, how much of that failure is on the most important player on the offense. Are you talking about the offensive line coach? (laughs) I'm saying that this is maybe the newest and and widest divide amongst Lions fans at the moment. And it's popped up like a weed out of nowhere. This this one stunned me when I first heard it. I was like, wow, that's a, a singular drunk slash crazy person talking right there. After and then they 
multiplied like rabbits. <laughs> Coming off his two best seasons of his career statistically, um, and, 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 you know, if you want to argue that 2011 was better, you, that's fine with me. But if you actually like look at his performance on tape in 2011, he wasn't as good a quarterback as he was in 2016, 2017. Um, coming off his two best years as a quarterback, all of a sudden, you know, he hasn't been perfect. He has been... There have been issues. He did have five games in a row with 100 plus passer rating. Um, that's a few weeks behind us now. So, you know, the criticism starts again when, when things don't go well for, for a few games in a row. And I get that. Um, I've never, despite being accused of it on many occasions. Yes, you have said that Matthew Stafford is an elite quarterback. I've said that at times he can play like an elite quarterback. Um, what I have said is that he is a good enough quarterback to get us where we. Oh yeah. Straight up. Be. There's no question about that. And, and you, well, act as, but I mean, but, you but, say oh, that right now, but you're going to have people yelling at you in the comments. <laughs> and, and they will because, because there's shades of gray. It's not black and white. You act like he's either got to be Tom Brady or he's Blake fucking Bortles. Right. I mean, there's, right. Oh, there's no gap in between. Tell you what, I will tell you, Matthew Stafford is a top seven quarterback in the league. And I will tell you that a top seven quarterback can take a good team to win the Super Bowl, period. We've seen it with years and years and years. You look at the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, and yep, the top guy wins a lot. But a guy that's number number seven, number five, number, you know, Rich Gannon won a goddamn Super Bowl, right? I mean, let's let's, let's put it. Um, Eli Manning me- has won more than one Super Bowl. So I was going to say even <laughs> mediocre, but less than mediocre quarterbacks can take teams to win a Super Bowl. No, Eli Manning's having the best year of his career statistically, and the Giants are terrible. Right. Right. So let, let's put that in the context of what, what it takes. Like, as important as a quarterback is, they can't fucking do it alone. And if you know what every play is going to be, it, let's just even, even without the play, let's go to the um, snap count. You're going you're gonna to snap the ball with three, four, or two seconds left every time. Guess what? I've only got three seconds to guess on on when that ball is going to go and when I have to move as a defensive person. I know I can sit back and relax every game and net until three, two, or one. That ball's not going to be snapped, and then I am coiled and ready to spring. If I have that kind of information as a defense, as a professional NFL-level edge rusher, you're dead. And as you see by the sack count, he's dead. He's destroyed. It's stupid. It's terrible play calling. And it's not him that's deciding to run the play clock down to three, two, or one seconds every time. It's not him. It's fucking Cooter. Now, my big concern is how well, at this point in his career, he can adapt to a new offensive coordinator. And that's something that we'll have to see play out. I think that's a silly concern i think he's a professional quarterback he's an nfl quarterback he's a top seven quarterback in the nfl to think that he can't adjust to a new offense is is under valuing the intelligence you have in your quarterback and and i think you're probably right it i don't mean to make it sound like i'm assuming he won't be able to 
Um, it's just a matter of like the, the chemistry that happens uh, between the new guys. Like if they were to bring in Todd Haley, if, if there would be a situation there like Todd Haley had with Ben Roethlisberger, well, that kind of thing. Let's, that, that's, we'll that's, what that that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. We'll tee that up when we talk. We're going to do some research. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do some research on these offensive coordinator possibilities, and then we can actually t- try to try to sound informed about it next week. You talk about chemistry between them. You want to talk about better living through chemistry. You need to introduce yourself to Peter Von Panda. Yeah. <laughs> youtube.com slash peter von panda youtube.com slash peter von panda it's the best way to get your laughs in he's got some awesome non sequitur type videos that are just hilarious absolutely good stuff to watch you will enjoy them and then before you go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and click on that amazon link check his reviews out if there's anything you're thinking of buying you want to go to peter von panda's youtube channel and check it out because he does reviews on everything you can think of and will give you the up top on the down low and the in between on anything you want to buy youtube.com slash peter von panda check him out many many subscribers give him a subscription and let him show you the way youtube.com peter von panda check it out all right let's move on let's do our injury update did you know that jamal agnew was back at practice today i heard that is that like the fastest recovery this side of the Mississippi on either side of the Mississippi at that? Well, it did, it did surprise me somewhat. I mean, obviously it doesn't mean he's going to play this week. Hell, he'll be playing. He's uh, on but, the field. He's practicing. Right. <laughs> Just um, take it from DeAndre Levy. But, but if he did, that would be, I, I, we talked about Mike Ford and seeing what we had in him. Um, we had still haven't seen truly figured out whether or not, Agnew is, you know, the future of the secondary on this team. It would be really nice to get a few games with him to finish off the year to get a better perspective on whether or not, you know, he is part of the future of this secondary or whether or not he's just a special teams ace. Yeah, no, I think I think that's good. And special teams ace, Mel Gray made a living at that way, way back. And and Riz, it would be Batman in the back for that throwback reference. I'd rather have a guy who can do both. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But as a, as a backup and the talent he could bring there, I think that's good. Uh, we'll move on. Um, Agnew back at practice. Marvin Jones isn't. He's on IR, isn't he? This feels to me, and, and we're never going to, it feels like we're never going to find out this kind of information from the team. But this feels to me the way it, it waited uh, a, a couple weeks after the injury to put him on IR, that had the team felt they were truly in the running for a playoff spot, they wouldn't have put him on IR so that they could hopefully get him back in, you know, the last couple games as a push. But. Right. No, so let just, him heal. That's just my guess. That's just my guess. I, I, you know, treat him with respect and hoping you get better deal in the next contract. That's right. All right, uh, Ziggy, he's not on the list. What's going on? Is he actually going to play? He played the best football of his career, in my opinion, last year at the end of the season. This is Eric Ebron too. Just, just so yeah. You know. Well, right <laughs> now, now one of these players I actually trust to, you know. Put their put their put their all on the field every time they're they're able to, and one of those players I don't, and the player I I do trust to do that is Ziggy Ansah. Now, is the timing frustrating? If he does, you know, come through and put up an amazing performance the next few weeks, 
he's going to cash in on a big contract. If he doesn't, the uh, it it opens the possibility of the Lions bringing him back again, which yeah. is going to piss people off. But this is set up to be another media cluster bomb and fan cluster bomb. People are going to jack it one way or the other, no matter what happens and whatever hap- whatever comes out of it. Right? There's four possibilities, and two of them are going to be bullshit. So we'll deal with that. Uh, Carry on Johnson also not back with the team. What's going on here? Is he ever going to be back? Will he play case <laughs> more? Tune in next week. Uh, for yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> the, the diagnosis was two to four weeks. And I think this is week two. So yeah, yeah. All right. chill the fuck out. Anybody I, can out. I can do that. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if honestly, like at this point, like I, I want to see more of him just because I enjoy watching him, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't matter if he comes back this year or not. All right, let's take a look ahead at the Rams. Yeah, this should be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I say that, and, and I, I say that jokingly because it, it it certainly has the potential to be like a, a complete, absolute disaster blowout thing that that nobody is ever going to want to revisit. I'm going to say something that I said before the the New England game. Right. What if they win? Right, exactly. <laughs> I, um, it, it'll be one of the one of the interesting things that'll hopefully get brought up um, by media. Probably will be entirely ignored, but will hopefully be brought up by the media. Is that the Lions have done significantly better against teams with a winning record this year than they ever have before? Yep. Uh, or at least maybe not ever, but you know, in the in the Stafford era, anyway. In before um, everyone says the Lions are a trap game. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who plays the Lions is playing a trap game. One of the interesting things, and we saw the Rams uh, and and Chiefs game that was an absolute, you know, offensive blowout plus, um, you know, a lot of defensive scoring. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm looking for is if the the Lions can do what they've been able to do and keep the score closer than this team would do against a team like maybe the Bills or something like that, mm-hmm. um, who we also still have yet to face. Um, because while I am not a huge fan of the, you know, keep the score low in all costs, you know, type thing because I think while that that might work sometimes we've obviously been bitten by it you know multiple times where we've lost these close games think right. you know think the 49ers game or the Cowboys game or whatever and you got Jim Bob uh, calling plays right exactly um, even the, the Panthers game where we won but we largely won thanks to missed kicks in that game whatever Um I would not be surprised to see us hold the Rams to fewer points than they than their average this year. Yep. I would like to see and and, and this is going to take somebody at the game to to watch for us. I would like to see at some point the Lions pull play calling duties away from Jim Bob and give it to somebody else. Yeah, and I don't know who that person would be to be perfectly honest with you. Matt Patricia. But I would Well, <laughs> I, hey, anybody, I mean that would, it would be fun. It would be fun to see what Patricia could do. Yeah, absolutely. And at this point, I think, I mean, with that playbook and look, I think if, if you're going to audition people, 
That's the way to do it. Give them that playbook and see what they do with it. I have a feeling it's going to go one of two ways, and and there's going to be a third way that I'm wrong about. But it's either going to be close at at the half, and you don't want to you don't want to you know take your foot off the cooter, or you're gonna you're you're going to be in a blowout position, and that's it. Let's let's give somebody else a chance and see what they can do. Unfortunately, in those situations, it's really really difficult because defenses play different. The game is just played differently, so you're not getting an apples to apples comparison. But it's it's one of those things where we're kind of in this experimentation phase, uh, like we like with Mike Ford. Um, it's it's a great opportunity to see what some of your other coaches have and what they can bring to the table. I was disappointed um, that Zenner didn't see more snaps. Oh my um, god! They started being successful. Pull them off. I, Don't use it. I wasn't. I wasn't surprised that he saw so few snaps, but I was disappointed. Uh, this would be an opportunity again to play him out. See, you know. You know, like you said, he had a couple of good runs against the Bears. So, um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're we're treading water, you know. But at the same time, if if he had a, did a good job and he got a contract for a couple of years to be, you know, the the uh, number four running back on our depth chart, it's not going to you know hurt my feelings. Obviously, you know. Um, my opinion on him has been overblown by you know the meme nature of what I said, but at the same time, um, as I've always said, you know, we, we, nobody was running the ball well on this team before. And (laughs) that might still be true. And, uh, the, uh, LeGarrette Blunt is still, you know, not effective, but if Zenner could outperform LeGarrette Blunt, despite, you know, some issues, Hey, that would be an interesting wrinkle to the end of the year. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't disagree. And, you know, again, to, to Blunt's effectiveness, we don't really know how much is, is Blunt because it's so predictable as to what's going to happen every time he gets the ball. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's our look ahead against the Rams. Um, you know, Case, I think that's going to do it for this this week. Been, yeah. uh, it's been a long time since we've uh, put a show together. It feels like it's been like a week and a half. But um, don't forget, folks, we've got the Quick Takes episode coming up Friday with the Riz. We've got the post-game show coming up on Sunday after the Rams. We'll talk about all this and how, how wrong Case was on all this stuff. And then uh, we'll be back again next week with another weekly show. We're not going anywhere. Case, are you going anywhere? Mm, not for a minute. Okay, okay. He'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> Case will be around. And on that bombshell, we will call it a week. Remember, the show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. We love to know what you think of the show, and that's the place to get in touch with us. Uh, let us know how to how to make this show better. It's the communities, and we want to keep it that way. So your feedback helps us do that. Don't forget, we got a Friday show. we got the post-game show, as we just said. And on Patreon, what a way to get access to great stuff as well. You know, we're talking about the casting call. There's all kinds of secret stuff that goes on in the inside clubhouse. So join the Patreon crew at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, or go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and click on the Patreon link. You get access to that with uh, as much as a dollar a month, as much or even more. You want to be really generous? You want to help us out? You want to keep us amazing? You want to help Case get a new phone because he's dying over here? You can do that. Uh, do the Patreon thing. 
Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Case. Looking at all the new pictures of Zach Center without his shirt on. All right. Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. One word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. You can leave a message, get a chance to hear yourself on the show, and be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. I don't get Cooter.